Thank you, Dennis. Good morning, everyone. Okay, we're live. Well, it's good to be together once again. I was going to say Wednesday night live, but we're, you know, it's not Wednesday just yet. Um, well, as you can see, we're going to do a um, kind of a continuation of um, a few weeks back whenever I, I was in here and we was teaching on believing a lie. I've really been been led to study um, every verse everywhere in the entire Old Testament regarding um, lies and the different contexts that it's in and had a few more dreams that are kind of related but I don't think I'm supposed to um, uh, share those I don't know why but um, at any rate <clears throat> I know that we're 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 transitioning out of a, um, a time frame that's been very, um, very chaotic, um, not only in the, the realm which we live in, but spiritually, things are changing rapidly for the good now. Um, I don't know what you sense or see or have felt over the last few weeks, but there's been a major shift of what I've been sensing and hearing and seeing. The enemy's still trying to cause all manner of, of evil and confusion and doubt and any other thing that's in his camp. He's always going to be pushing his agenda. That's just the way he is. But on the other hand, you know, God's agenda is going to take precedent. It's going gonna, it's gonna to overcome anything that the enemy is, is has okay so what I want to do this morning is you have probably two or three different teachings in one here but we're not going to get through all of it um, and I've got two or three others already prepared too so I was going back and forth which which, which avenue should I take total of about five or six teachings so I felt led to look at this Hebrew word uh, kazab, and it means it, it, it's translated in different ways depending on the context you're reading, but it, it, it means something that's considered a falsehood, something that is untrue or something that's not associated with truth, and it can also refer to idols whenever you're studying it in the Old Testament. And it's used 31 times. And there's some other places that it's used to. You know, I, did, I didn't go back and trace it to its root, even though I could have done that. The root word just simply means um, uh, this, this idea of, of deception and deceiving. So it's, it's very similar. It's the same. But what's intriguing about this is some of the places where um, lies are used. And believe it or not, there are people that take great delight in lies. They love to lie. I know that's crazy, but how do you explain people that not only believe the lie, that's one thing, but to take great delight in it is, is another thing altogether. And the scripture specifically uses this phrase about people that did, they take great, they take pleasure. There's, there's this 
twisted satisf satisfying feeling they get from something that's false, something that's not associated with the truth. <laughs> Boy, doesn't that kind of uh, ring a bell with, with what's going on uh, in our world and in politics and just really all over? You know, every... <laughs> There's so much, it seems like every time I start to read the scripture, something stands out that says, see, this is going on in society. Did you hear that voice on TV the other night? How about that media voice? How about, and it's just all over the place. I mean, you just can't um, cancel culture. You know, it's one of, the, one of the things that people, you hear a lot of. You know, if you don't believe the way they believed, they cancel you out, right? I just saw something on a video recently where this lady said she was using that terminology way before all these other people currently used it in our day. Really interesting little video. Um, how she canceled out her father many, many years ago. So canceling people, out, it just it's taken on different forms. These ideas are not new. <laughs> They're not. They're, the enemy is always just trying to mask them and use a different name. All these, all these false gods that are, you know, they, they've always been there. They originated, you know, when, when he fell and he took one-third of the angelic beings there with him in heaven and convinced them to, to follow after him. Um, I mean, it's, there's nothing new under the sun in, 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 as it relates to what the enemy's doing. But we're going to look, first of all, we all know this story, okay, and it's very interesting. I have to say that I haven't, I've read it many times, but whenever something's highlighted for you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes and says, you know what, this, I want to show you this in a different vein. And it involves the life of Samson. And, you know, Samson, I mean, he obviously made some mistakes, okay? I mean, but. He's human. He is like us. I am not one that's quick to point the finger at another person just because they make a mistake or they miss the mark. I mean, we, we given the right circumstance or the right situation, we don't know how we would really respond. I mean, it's really easy to say, I'm not going to tell the enemy my strength over here, okay? So we're, we're going to read this together, and, and I've, put, I've broken it up into two major chunks. And this is where Delilah accuses Samson of lies, or this is the word that's being used here. Now, he did not tell her, I guess he did kind of lie in, in a way, but he was... In the beginning, he made some right choices. But when he was pressured, he cratered. Okay, so that's kind of what we're going to look at. It says in Judges 16, verses 4 through 14. I didn't put the first three verses there. It just, it just says that Samson went, went down to Gaza, and he saw a harlot there. Okay. I mean, wow, man, that's the first thing it says, it says he saw. Um, it, it, isn't that like... I'm not going to say the enemy because it says Samson saw this. It didn't say the enemy influenced him. But at any rate, he's in a place. He's using his ra'ah vision to be able to discern the good and the evil that's there. And somehow or another, his, his, the perception within him is pulled in a direction 
that it should never have gone down. And so that's when he focuses on, and that's what it says in verse 1. And then that's the, that's, the, that's the backdrop of the beginning of this entire story. It's almost like David, when he should have been in the battlefield, right, but he, he, he stayed back. Very similar in principle. So in verse 4 it says, now, now he was set up in a lot of ways, Samson was. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, seeing the wrong thing. <laughs> he really was. And while he's there, the Philistines know this. He goes to sleep at night, and they begin to start their evil plan to try to get him to tell them his strength because he's already annihilated a lot of them. He's, he's already brought destruction to the enemy camp. And it says in verse 4, and it came to pass afterward that he loved Ahab. That's the equivalent of agape in the Old Testament. There had, had this strong affection for a woman in the valley of Surik whose name was Delilah. Now, I hadn't really looked at Delilah's name, but I just kind of clicked on the words. And if you look at it there, her, her name means to, to slacken or become feeble or, or, or oppression is Delilah's name. Why would he love anything that's associated that would cause him to, um, to, if you, it, to slacken him or, to, or, or to, uh, anything associated with feebleness or oppression? Why would he even engage in that? But it says he did. He said he loved the woman. I don't know. Maybe he didn't realize this is who she really was. I don't know. It's a possibility. And it says in verse 5, And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her. Now here, here's the setup. The lords of the Philistines are going to lure her in, and they're going to use bribery to get what they want. And they said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength, or coach, lies. And by what means we may prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him. That's the objective of the enemy forces known as the lords of the Philistines. Now, you might be wondering, why in the world are we even looking at this? We, we better be careful who we talk to or associate with as we move forward as things are changing rapidly for the good. We need to know our strengths in the Lord and don't just share them with every Joe Blow that we come in contact with, right? Because there are people that, who knows, they, they may be plotting as we share this to try to prevail against us. I mean, isn't that what the enemy's going to try to do? Yeah, he's going to try to, he's going to wear out the saints. Well, let's don't help him out any. That's what I'm saying here. The enemy's going to come, and he's going to come in the, uh, in, in the bodies of people like you and me. And we don't need to be very quick to just say, Here, here's my strength, okay? Yes, I know Samson made a mistake. He did reveal his strength, but let's cut him some slack here. He's in a situation that's not very good. <laughs> he, he put himself there in some ways, but in, in a lot of ways, he wasn't, do you, do you think he knew the lords of the Philistines had already um, um, 
contacted Delilah? Do you think he knew that? It doesn't say that at all. So he had probably no idea this was going on behind the scenes. And so the lords of the Philistines, how did they bribe Delilah? They said, we will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, if you go and you study silver and really... I mean, you think about with Judas, it was only 30 pieces. They're offering every single, it's lords. It's like the five lords of the Philistines here. They're talking about over 5,000 pieces of silver. This is a ton of money value for this. They wanted Samson very bad, right? And we, we know that there are people and there are groups like the lords of the Philistines that they want to see... And this, this, I'm saying that uh, saints, but there are people, we're going to take it into the political sphere, that want to see the destruction of America. I'm telling you, we, we, we have been praying and we have been interceding for about a lot of things. And, and I believe the Lord has, he's heard our, I know he's heard our prayer. He's heard our supplication. And things are going to be changing rapidly rapidly for the good but even in the good though we cannot allow the enemy to know our strengths the things that that fuels us and makes us who we are in the lord i think the enemy knows some things but he doesn't know everything about who we are or what god's put in every one of us there's no way he has all knowledge or all power he doesn't the scripture says, we're going to see in a minute, all power belongs to God. All power. It doesn't say to the enemy. So when we speak and when we associate with others, I'm just saying we, we need to be very careful in this time frame. And, and I know Pastor spoke Wednesday night on, on power. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, but there, this, this, this whole thing is has power all through it. So I'm not really anxious. I'm going to listen to it after the teaching. That's still amazing. 1,100 pieces of silver. What is the equivalent? Uh, and, I, and I searched it out, but I, I, didn't, I didn't find. Um, I think I saw one source that said it was over $80,000 that they were giving her in this, this one instance here. But she did this on a daily, uh, did it daily, okay, as we're going to see later on. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting just based on where you're going about talking about the political climate and, you know, the false prophetic, the false teachers and all that that's really rising up in our hour. But if I remember correctly, you can correct me, but the co-op is, is, is really the power is depicted from the right hand? Yeah, the prophetic and the release of the prophetic declaration of God's word and his intention. And so it's just interesting to me that that's the power that they're trying to to be revealed. Exactly. Because yeah. that's really the battle that we're in in so many ways. That mm -hmm. co-op. That's a good observation, yep. Um, and we're, we're going to get to some things related to... Uh, to kind of what you said there uh, as we go through this. But, yeah, it is very interesting how, how the Lord's leading us all and speaking to us. Verse 6, 
So Delilah starts communicating to Samson and says, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein your great strength lies, Koach. <laughs> I mean, she got right to the point. I mean, it wasn't, let's hang out for a little while, let me get to know you, none of that. She goes straight for it, right? She's motivated by the 1,100 pieces of silver. Man, there's a message there, too. Um, there are people that are going to accept certain types of, it can be money, but it can be more than just money. And this, I know this this word and the things that we're talking about here, there's a myriad number of applications here. So I'm not going to go and apply it here, apply it there. I mean, I think you guys are smart enough to know <laughs> this can apply in a lot of different areas, not just spiritually, because God is interested in the spiritual. Don't get me wrong, but he's also he also loves agapes this world. He also sought for a man for the, stand in the gap, right, for the land, okay? It's not just the people. God created everything. So he's interested in creation, but creation includes more than human beings. You know, I never thought about that as a kid. I mean, all you ever heard about was sharing the gospel with every creature, okay? And that's, that's, that's good. But creation groaning doesn't just mean... Oh, that's people that have the, this grown. Well, yes, but there's more. And and so recently, as I've been studying this thing about lies here, we're, we're, we're going to get to this. I've developed a chart on, it's a love-hate chart. Okay, God loves certain things, but then he also hates. But <laughs> And, and it, when you use that terminology, we cannot see hate as something that's impure and unholy. It's not from God's vantage point. God sees hate from a totally different perspective than we do. It's not, it's not the same. We, there's nothing that I can compare a holy hatred to in this earth. I can't. It, it's, it's not of this earth. But there is a part within who he is that when he peers out, from the throne, and he looks down, he hates certain things. I didn't say he hates people. Why would he hate the creation that he created? Because we were all created perfect, right? Until the garden. And until iniquity was found in the enemy. And it's very interesting to see this comparison. So let's come, I want to come, come back to where we're at here. Now, and Samson said unto her in verse 7, If you bind me with seven green withs that were never dried, then I will be weak and be as another man. I'm thinking, <laughs> he's not telling her the truth here. He's trying to keep the, the strength of who he is in God a secret. And that's always a great thing to do, right? I'm not, I'm not encouraging lying, but, I mean, he was trying. He knew. He had to know that she was up to something, or he would have, he, he would have not disguised his strength. 
Then the Lord of the Philistines, okay, here they come, they're involved, and they brought up to her, they provided the very thing that was going to reveal his strength to Delilah, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Maybe maybe he fell asleep, and you know, <laughs> it doesn't say that, but. <laughs> lot to consider here oh yeah yeah let's don't forget the movie here yeah. I didn't look at that to be honest with you I mean some kind of something to tie him up <laughs> keep him using his arms I mean Good interpretation. that's why you're the teacher <laughs> yeah now there were men lying in wait abiding with her in the chamber and she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the whist, and as a thread of a toe is broken when it touches the fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Kazab. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If you fast with new ropes that have never been occupied then shall I be weak and be as another man there he goes again he, he covers it up he keeps Delilah therefore takes new ropes bound him with and, and said unto him the Philistines be upon thee Samson and there were liars in the way to biting in the chamber and he break them from off his arms like a thread and Delilah said unto Samson hitherto thou hast mocked me you've told me gazab twice tell me wherein thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. <laughs> Boy, that, he had a head of hair. Man. And she fastened it with the pen and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep and went away with the pen of the beam or with the web. So here's three times she's tried to convince him, Hey, what, where does your great koak, where does it lie? And three times he's escaped and given her lies. Why is he capitulating to all of her antics? Is he getting something back from her? Is he because he wants to spend time with her? I mean, what is all this gameplay? Well, I mean, we, we know the first thing that, that initiated all this was his strong affection for her. That's that's the and I think that's where it all starts. Well, is so, so along to string so to, to be able to string her along, he was playing her game, I guess. Because why would he continue to play the game? I don't know. It's just it's a good question to think about. It's a good lesson for anyone. Right. Anyway. It's uh, it's it's obvious. I mean, there's a lot to think about and ponder. Um. Yeah, why would why wouldn't he have stopped after the first attempt? Because he's he's obviously in, involved in using the the same type of antics to. No, I'm not going to really tell you. No, I'm not going to really tell you. And it, he could have stopped at any point, but he didn't. Three times. Very interesting. The three. Uh, promise, seal of fulfillment. Maybe I don't know. It's just I'm just throwing that out there. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at what his ultimate weakness was. Obviously, it was lust. I mean, so. 
you know, if we were to apply it to us today presently, you know, even as a network, let's say. So how would the enemy infiltrate our positioning with some kind of enticement or something that would cause us to enter into a dialogue or to you know, or any kind of any kind of agreement, whatever it might be, in order to <clears throat> it's, I, you know his strength was the lock of hair. We don't have that, so no one's going to cut off our hair and change what's going on. But there are things that yeah, God has given mind. us that gotta, we you gotta have surrender. It. What is it that we would surrender? I mean, I'm just saying, yep. when I apply it to us, what would we have to surrender? And so how would I don't know? It's just you know, it's funny. I've seen this. I've, I've seen the play. Um, I just have never thought about why is he even having this dialogue? But he is really playing with fire here. Anyway. Yeah. No. No. It's it's something to, to ponder and consider. Well, you know, Mark. I, I, I don't. I know you've got a lot to teach on. No. Go, go ahead. It's fine. He'll never get through all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ever. But you know, he obviously had some unresolved emotional issues. Because like earlier in Judges 15, you know, he he was promised somebody and then and you know that was taken away from him. And so, you know, and I wonder I wonder about that. We've seen I've spent a lot of time this past week praying and kind of analyzing where this network is and things that have taken other people out. And it seems to me that wherever you've seen somebody who used to walk as a saint, and I can't judge what they're doing now, but they're, they ain't here. There's some kind of an un, uh, unfulfilled emotional thing they have going. It could be lust. It could be the desire to be up in front of people. It could be any number of things. And the enemy weasels in and causes them to to make uh, you know agreements and alliances and they usually blame them on God but then it, it just keeps going that way mm -hmm. and then they're still able to function but it's all you know with him we could say you know she was a harlot and you know she she obviously was providing a service to him, I think that goes without saying, but I just said it. Um, but there was a deeper problem in, in his emotions that he was trying to fulfill. And, you know, whether that was real or not, or whether it was something that he just stoked up, you know, some people, they're always trying to, to get some itch in them scratched. And you know, no matter what happens, there's there's just, even if they're fulfilled in other ways, even if they've had, it just like comes up. And I don't know how, you know, this message is very clear. His example is very clear. But you can even warn people about this. But yet in them, they play this game where they hear you, but they're not hearing you. You know? And, and I just... Pray for my own self. If there's, even that was with David. I mean, David. You, know, you mentioned him at the very. King should have been out to war. He was. He's he was goofing back. off, using his strength in some other way. The Agab being used in another way. I don't know. This is a big time warning. Yeah, it is. You know, 
expanded. Pardon me. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. So it, it it's it's uh it's expanded to you can't put anything before God, and we all have that kryptonite spiritually, if I can put it that way, where something we allow to be put before God as Pastor was saying, it's there. I want that more than I want his blessing or I want that more than I want him and although we never say that and probably not be often, able to admit it often think it yeah never admit it but often think it or act on it even worse but it was it it was that thing that he wanted more than the presence of God in his life but only at that moment not not forever just at that moment and um, you, you can't have both and let me bring up something else. We have to recognize that he did this at a point after after he had did him demonstrated what God had given him. Yeah. I don't think we've actually entered into that place yet. So I think that that maybe the warning is for you know when we begin to move in a you know in a potential strength that shows that demonstration, then that's when the enemy will try to target. I, I don't know, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he did so many exploits by that point. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. That wasn't before he began to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you go back and read before, yeah, he did. You know, and it's like anyone who's achieved success. Um, and you almost think you're invulnerable to anything at that point. Yeah, I mean, God's with you. You can't fail. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. All, all, all good points. Um... Yeah, it, it, it is it is interesting to see how that that that, that word that's that says he loved this, this woman. That's that's the thing that really started it all. Was the inner uh, the parts of us where we're supposed to be passionate towards God and, and, and what he uh, is interested in and, and takes great pleasure in. It just kinda got really yeah, it got twisted off, and he started going down another pathway. And once you start walking there, it's kind of, you can turn around, you can stop, go another way. But that 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 initiated it all. And, and I know there was other things going on too. But um, let's let's keep going here. Let's see where did we leave off? We were ten. Yes. Uh, were you, have you, yeah, you had ten. Okay, I just I just read that one. Uh, let's pick up at verse 13 and no I, I'd read all this because she went through the three different ways of trying to get him to reveal his strength now this is what's very interesting she recognizes that the tactics at this point did not work so she begins to turn up the volume and does uses this daily pressing with words and it says, and this urging, okay? So that's, that's what leads us here. And then she says unto him, she starts off by asking a question. It's very twisted. It says, how can you say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Oh, cry me a hand, you know, a bucket of tears. Really, I mean, that's kind of the thought that goes through my head here. She's doing everything she can, even trying to appeal to that inner part of who he is, the Ahab, or, and, and where that affection is, and she's going, 
You've mocked me three times, and you've not told me where in your great Kohak lies. This kind of it's very difficult, okay? I mean, this kind of kind of seems like a good question, right? But it's still kind of twisted. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily, and that word for press there is like. Um, it means to compress, and I think about when I worked in the, uh, when I was a teenager in a grocery store, we had this um, compactor that would take boxes and we would put it in, and I mean, it would press it in there and then we could um, wrap it up. I mean, that's, that's what I think of when, when, you, when I see the word to compress. I mean, applying all types of pressure, so much so that uh, it also means oppression or distress, and she did this every single day with what? Words. She was constantly going after him. Hey, I want, it doesn't say what she said, but we know up to this point, all she keeps saying is what? Hey, where's your strength? Where's your strength? I mean, she's right after. There's no beating around the bush. The bush is not there. She's going straight forward, straight forward, every single day. And she urges him, and that's just, that just means continue to apply pressure to him. So much so that his soul was vexed unto death. Look how it affected Samson. And it's at that point in verse 17 that he decides, man, I mean, this is so hard. I mean, I, I don't know what. We've been in situations where we felt pressure, right? Pressure to give in to something or not to give in to it. You know, I'm not going to. This was a difficult situation. So in verse 17, it says that he told her all that was in his heart, and he said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto Elohim from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my koach will go for me, and I will become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah raad that, she knew he had told her everything that was in her heart. Okay, I have to stop here and go. The other things that he said previously seem to be believable to me too, right? So Delilah starts functioning also in this raah discernment to be able to know hey he's really so what did she feel i mean it's just words here right so she had to feel something deep inside her to know that this was in fact the truth it's just very interesting so she sent she calls for the lord of the philistines saying come up this uh, at once for he showed me all his heart then the lords of the philistines came up they brought the money they brought all the silver in their hand and she made him sleep upon her knees. Boy, so deceptive. So deceptive. And she called for a man, and she, ca she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him. The word for afflict, it's another teaching, and it just means things. But, and his, too much so, I'd go down that trail, and I don't want to go that direction. His co-op went from him. And she said to the Philistines, Be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. This is the context of that verse about shaking himself. 
and and it puts a whole new um um insight on on the placement of this and he did not know that Yahweh was was departed sewer turned off from him but the Philistines took him and they take his eyes out I'm thinking why his eyes why don't you take his arms out that's what he's done to annihilate you or cut his legs off why his eyes I mean I'm not trying to be rude or just grotesque here but why the, I mean, they did, obviously they didn't want him to know where he was at, where he was going. I got, I got, I get that. But I'm thinking this dude's strong. We've seen what he can do. We need to get rid of his arms and his leg. You know, decapitate him, uh, uh, amputate his arms and his leg, not decapitate. And they brought him down to Gaza. He's still there. All right, Gaza. Bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. So now he's in the prison house. How be it? The hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. So if we do give up our strength, it'll grow again. I'm not saying we do, but I'm saying, and then we, we, we know the rest of the story, right? God grants him one last time. He asked for it. And he ended up destroying more people in that last uh, scenario where he, where he uh, in, 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 the, in the story than he did previously and in, in all that he had done. Nancy. Sure. I mean, you read everything he did leading up to this. I mean, so, he was, God used him. and So I don't think that it was, that he was unwittingly messing around. No, I, I, one of the things that I think it shows, it speaks to how easily if we allow the central part of who we are that should be communing with the Lord and expressing that to him only, what could happen if we're not careful? That's what started every bit of this. If, it, if, he, if he had a went into Gaza and it says he ra'ad the city, everything would have been okay, but there was something inside him in that place where he said, I'm going to take the, the, the love part that has been put inside me 
and, and use it and direct it in, in another way, that's, that's it. That was his ultimate demise. And it's just, it's very sobering. We, we have to, it's just very sobering. But, you know, with their enemy forces, and, and, and this is not a doom and gloom thing. This is a, um, just, let's just be very careful. Um, each one of us, we need to know that our, what our, what our, we know what the source of our strength. We know that. But I want to take it a step further. Know your strengths in the Lord, who you are in Him, and don't just share that with everybody. That's between you and the Lord. That's my, the things He's given me is between me and Him and, and the people that I am associated with. You know, I, I'm not going to, I wouldn't dare think of, of, um, Sharing something that's a strength, like our current president does. I'm, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, it just slipped out. And, and giving it to our enemy. That, that, that's a direct principle here of what we're talking about. Don't do that. And we have, we have the power from the throne to take authority over things like that. And we need to use it. And we need to stand when everybody else is just laid out on the floor and not standing at all and standing for everything else except righteousness because God loves righteousness. That's one of the things that he loves. And he directs every, all of his resources and everything he is to establish righteousness in the earth. And so let's, let's move on to the next thing. We're 45 minutes in and we're... I'm, I'm going I'm to go through there because there are a few of these that I really need to focus on. Psalm 5, verse 6 says that the Lord is going to destroy those that are speaking lies. It says, thou shalt destroy. Now, what's interesting, this term for destroy here, if you look at it, it means to, to cause people to wander away or to lose oneself. Okay? That speak, it says leasing here, but it's this Hebrew word, kazab, falsehoods. People that are doing this, when they're speaking it, it's causing them to wander away and to kind of get lost themselves because of what they're partnering with. Makes perfect sense. Yahweh will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 4. There is a blessing in not turning aside to Kazab lies. I waited patiently for Yahweh, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a, a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. Now, I have to stop here. Now, as a kid, we would always try to go out in the woods, and we would get into all kinds of things. But if, you ever, if you've been in clay... You know, once you're in it, it is so hard to get just your shoes out of it. Can you imagine being in it, you know, like halfway up to your, to, to your waist? And it says a miry clay, so that makes it even worse. Is there an echo coming? I think I hear an echo. Sorry. So the situation that the psalmist is writing about is it's horrible. He's being in a pit. He's stuck in this miry clay. He's in... He's in places that require supernatural intervention. There's no way 
I can't bring myself out of a pit. If you're buried in a pit, you ain't getting out, right? Miry clay, you can't get out by yourself. And then he said, he set my feet upon a rock, and then he established my goings. And verse 3, I think this is very important for this. And in that context and in those places, God can put a new song in our mouth, even praise unto our God. That's, that's so important because the things that we walk through, be it a pit, be it stuck in miry clay, whatever it might be that doesn't feel very good, in the midst of it, God wants to create a new song and put it in our mouth that ends up in praise to him. You know, it, and, and many will, will see it and fear, and they'll put their trust in the eternal plan. I love that. I don't like it when it's happening, but, boy, I like when the new song comes, right? Or the, or the new message. In your case, you, you might be a worship leader. It might be a new song for you. It might be a new word for me or a new message because of who I am in the Lord. Or it might be a, a new prophetic word he gives to you in the midst of being in the pit. But that's going to come because it's, it's, it's sandwiched right in the middle of all this. And then it's followed up by saying, Blessed is the man that makes Yahweh his trust. And that just means... Uh, our refuge, um, our security, or our place of assurance, and respects not the proud, nor turns aside to Kazab lies. We are blessed when we don't give way or turn aside to go after something that's false or something that's not associated with the truth. So if we're blessed, what happens if we turn away from it? Well, I think it leads to the other side of that coin, right? And there's a curse that can can start to follow us. So that, that, that that's a powerful few set of verses there. Now, Psalm 62 is where this phrase, delighting in lies, comes into play. In verse 1, truly my soul waits upon God for him, or from him comes salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. This is so very, per I love the Psalms. They're very personal. My rock. My salvation, he is my defense, and I shall not greatly be moved. Boy, when you got that rock, that salvation, and that defense, we, we, we're, we're on a firm foundation. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain all as a bowing wall shall be and as a uh, tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight, and that's the Hebrew word rasa. It means to be pleased with, and in some cases, it, 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 it means to satisfy a debt. So you know that feeling when you've got $1,000 you owe, and you've got 1000 you know, you slap it down there, and you get it paid. That feeling you get on the inside, oh, there's freedom, there's relief, there's satisfaction. That's what's going on here. And what are they taking that type of delight in? Kazab lies, falsehoods. And you think about politically here for just a minute. Think about how people are just so, they, it's, they love lies. I mean, I hear it every, we hear it every single day from many different media sources. And it's like there's this evil liking towards lies. And it makes me sick to my stomach. And it should. And I mean, there are even well-intended people that are in the church. that some of these lies they, they're in agreement with. I don't know how that's possible. How can you read the Scripture 
and embrace these falsehoods and things that are not associated with the truth. It's, it's just hard for me to fathom, but it happens. Here, look what they do here. Those that are delighting these lies, they bless with their mouth, barak with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Man, they say everything just right. Oh, man, I'm politically correct in the church, at the White House, wherever it is. I'm going to say the right thing, but inside I'm cursing. Wow, I mean, that's Selah. <laughs> and then we got, um, my soul waits, thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. Why is the psalmist saying this? He says, people are delighting in lies. I mean, but then he turns 360 and goes, you know what? But he is my rock, my salvation, my defense. I shall not be moved. He restates exactly what he said in the very beginning as a word of encouragement to himself. Rehearsing these things over and over again are very important when we're in the midst of tumultuous times, chaotic times, pit-like times, miry clay kinds of situations, Samson-like situations. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before Him. Elohim is a refuge for us. Man, if, if, that, if I could say one thing this morning, that would be it. Being in the heart of God is a shelter for us, no matter what situations are going on around us. There is such peace and calm and all manner of good things as we stay inside his heart. I'm at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord, on the Lord, on the plan, on the heart. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a kazab to be laid in the balance. And I'm going to kind of, oh, verse 11, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power, there it is, belongs unto God. I believe power there is uh, Oz, O-Z. Yep, it's not, it's not Koach, but there it is. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongs mercy, has said. You got power and has said grouped together. For thou renderest to every man according to his work. How can someone delight in a lie? I mean, look at look at all the protests that have happened over the last year and a half, two years. They're, boy, that's some great delight going on. Yahweh hates a false witness that speaks, speaks lies. I'm not going to go over this. We all know Proverbs 6. One of the things the Lord hates is a false witness that speaks kazah. Someone that is engaging in falsehood, someone that is engaging in not speaking things that are associated with his truth. God said, I hate that. that that's his words. Remember, has nothing to do the way we hate. Boy, we... we we hate in a very twisted manner, right? God's hatred is always, is always focused on he's looking how he created everything originally. And when he sees that it's not working that way, his jealousy 
and his anger and his fury and all those righteous things come into play, and then he begins to move. He wants it functioning the way he intended it to be from the very beginning. And that's kind of a little bit about what hatred is. I mean, I know it's not, but it kind of kind of puts a different light on how some people might go, well, how can God hate? Isn't that wrong? That's sin? Well, it's a holy hatred. It's pure. There's nothing wrong with the way he, he knows how to direct hate. We don't. <laughs> Um, let's look at page three. Now, I remember Pastor teaching on this a while back, and, I, and I, I, when I was reading through it, I kind of chuckled. But um, eating with a ruler, <laughs> out of problem. When you sit to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. And consider diligently means... Be ready, be discerning, be, um, be able to separate out things and distinguish what's going on before you. Just take everything in. Verse 2 is pretty wicked, though. And put a knife to your throat if you be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous. Don't wish for his dainties. Remember Pastor teaching on the dainties or whatever? It's on, I think it was Wednesday night in here. <laughs> and you know you can look at it here the dainty just means something that's a, a delicacy um, but if you look at the root it means it refers to something that can be something you can taste it's something that can be ingested but it's something it also talks about perception or perceiving for they are deceitful kazab me wow. I mean, there's, there's a lot there I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there and move on Proverbs 19, a poor man is better than Kazab. Think about the poor in spirit in the New Testament. The desire of a man is, is his kindness, and a poor. Poor here means to be destitute man is Tob than a Kazab. Us, we're poor. We're destitute, right? Spiritually, we are. We are nothing, and we need him. And we need to recognize the poorness of who we are without him. A faithful witness will not engage in kazab. I love this. A faithful, immune, from Ramamon witness is not going to engage in those types of lies. But a false witness will utter kazab lies. So you see both sides. We are on the faithful side. The ones that are speaking things that God is revealing from his right hand. And then this passage here, we all know this, Isaiah 28, a covenant with death and hell, which see, he's speaking about lies and falsehoods. Wherefore, hear the word of Yahweh, ye scornful men, that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell, and are we at agreement? When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made... Kazab, our refuge, a shelter, a place to flee for protection, or they've confided in these lies. And under falsehood, and that just means untruth, have we hid ourselves. They've covered over themselves with all of this, all of these things that are not associated with the truth. But it's death and hell. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, 
a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believes shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hell shall sweep away the refuge of lies, kazab of lies. And the water shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. Where, when the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then shall you be trodden down by it. From the time that it goes forth, it shall take you. For morning by morning shall it pass over, by day and by night. It shall be a vexation only to understand the report. Here we go again. This, this famous verse, for the bed is, is shorter than that a man can stretch himself out on, and the covering nearer than what he can wrap himself in. For Yahweh will rise up as in Mount Perizim, and he, he shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring his act, his strange act. Now, therefore, be you not mockers, lest your bands be made strong. For I had heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption, even to determine upon the whole earth. So I, I think this is very interesting here. I mean, we all know this. And in the midst of it, we've got this, this concept of, of people that have partnered, made a covenant with death and hell, and they've made, refu they've, they've made these kazab lies a, a point of shelter and refuge and a, something they think they can confide in. And they just hang on to it. God says, you know what? At some point, I'm going to rise up, and I'm going to deal with this. I, I, we, we don't need to forget verse 21 and verse 22. Because Yahweh is going to rise up. And in that rising up, he's going to be very wroth. And then he's going to begin to do his work and his strength. And it, you just see the flow of it. I, it's just interesting. We've got judgment in the midst there. We've got righteousness. And it's just very interesting, don't you think? Okay, now let's deal with the, the last part here. I'm going to do look just real quick at page 4. Prophets of Israel. And the word of the Lord, Yahweh, came unto me, saying, This is us. I'm not talking about the show. This year... It's going to be a year of confrontation with other prophetic voices. Confrontation not in. They're just going to, just going to happen. Trust me. We're going to be called upon as prophets of Elohim to share his heart, speak out what God is really saying to his, to his church. And that's what Ezekiel was being directed to do here during his day. Say unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, hear the word of the Lord. These individuals are speaking things that are, they are not equipped to speak about. They're following their own spirit rather than God's spirit. They are operating in foolish ways in some, some, in some ways. And that's, and this is, I'm paraphrasing here. When in fact, like in Ezekiel's day, God says they have seen nothing. There are people in the church that want to tout their gifting and who they are when there's really not anything. Be, God's not said, spoken to them. 
They may not be seeing anything, but they might want to appear to be. It's like they, they bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. How can that happen? It's just, it's just, it's all in here. And he says, these prophets are like foxes in the desert. And that's another teaching. Look what comes right after it. The famous verse that we all know. Yet they have not gone up into the parets. Neither have they made up the hedge to stand in the day of the battle of the Lord. The day of the Lord. This type of intercessory work is for prophets like us. And he's saying they have not done this type of work. They have seen vanity and kazab divination, saying, Yahweh says, and Yahweh has not sent them. Anybody can send themselves and say, hey, the Lord says this, right? We can do that. I can walk out the back door here and stand out in the parking lot and say, oh, the Lord says this, right? It's not just about words. But evidently, they got the, the, the prophets of Israel during this time frame. I don't know how they got to this point, but it is definitely here. And not only that, but they, they, they're making others to hope that they would confirm the word. Have you not seen a vain vision? Did you know there was a, such a thing as a vain vision? Have you not spoken a kazab divination wherein the Lord saith, albeit I have not spoken? And then he kind of goes through the, go, goes on down the list, and he says in verse 9, And mine hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity, and that divine kazab lies. This is what's going to happen. The Lord is going to show up, and he's going to deal like he did here and say, They're not going to be in the assembly of my people. Neither are they going to be written in the writing of the house of Israel, or are they going to enter into the land of Israel? And you will know that I am the Lord your God. All I'm saying is when these, when these confrontations begin to happen, these are the types of things that we're going to see the Lord do. He will bring the results and show up to those that are truly speaking what he's doing in our day. And if you look at verse 16, and this is the last thing I'll say. These prophets were prophesying visions of peace when God was saying there was no peace. It's kind of like somebody standing up here and saying, there's no warfare today, folks. When God's over here going, I've got people that are warring in the spirit all the time for me that's the type of thing god's going to begin to deal with as we move forward in the, in the remaining part of this year and, and, and on he's going to, he wants people to know who he is there's so much abuse in the prophetic there's so much abuse in with seers just go to facebook type in some of the groups and, we'll, and, and 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 listen to some of the read through some of the threads you'll find out some of these people you're thinking where are they getting this stuff there's nothing, it doesn't align with the scriptures. So, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm overdone, but any, any, any final thoughts or anything that you want to, we didn't even get to the uh, daughters prophesying here.
There's there's a lot of meat still left to go over, but I'm I'm done. I'm waiting on Dennis to do his normal uh, shuffle, <laughs> the Dennis shuffle up here. <laughs> Instead, of, well, I'm sure he could do the curly shuffle too, right? <laughs> Thank you, Mark, and this will be the end of the broadcast today.